My name is Lola DePuzzolo, and this is Media Delta. Hello. Um, so, uh, this is kind of a movie that uh, I just kind of picked this movie to do. Um, we had technically, I don't even know if we need to, like, you can do, like, anything that has to do with Greek myth, and you can kind of tie it to this movie, uh, especially anything that has Medusa in it. Um, but also we did play the game, uh, Curse of Isios, like a long time ago, which was, uh, directly like names this movie as a major inspiration for it. Um, and we're talking about like, this is a pretty big movie, at least in terms of like fantasy movies, um, or like anything that has to do with, uh, this is probably one of the better, like known Greek myth movies out there. Uh, outside of maybe Disney's Hercules. Ah. Uh, um, but yeah, um, we're talking about the 19 and specifically the 1981 version of Clash of the Titans, which, you know, the think about the title that doesn't really make sense because there's one Titan in the movie. It, it, it's not much of a clash, more of a crash, to be honest. But um, anyway, uh, this was a movie that came out in 1981. Uh, it was a movie that was the main kind of... The thing that like a lot of people know or that is very notorious about this movie or I don't know notorious, but kind of what's known about this movie is its extensive use of stop motion animation that was done by Ray Harryhausen. Um, this was the last movie they actually done, um, but they had done stuff for like going back to the 50s, like the Sinbad movies were kind of a major one that they did. Um, and yeah, it's a it is essentially a telling of the story of Perseus. Uh, and his, like, trying to save the, basically trying to save uh, Andromeda from being sacrificed to the Kraken. Uh, in fact, if you've heard people make mention of release the Kraken, that's probably a nod to this movie. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was a, <laughs> I saw this a lot on cable. And, um, yeah, this was just one of, I was not the only one who watched this. Um, so... Please introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Axe, and I'm here to release the Perseus. I am Carnival, and here comes my dissertation on Greek myth. Hi, I'm Torpid Typus, and I'm here uh, for everyone to pat Zeus on the back for being a shit heel. Yes. Um, so I guess kind of let's just go ahead and start by getting into the one on one interviews with this. Um, so we are going to be or actually, no, before we get to the one on one interviews, I keep on forgetting that I go first with these. So let me quick give my kind of thoughts on this movie before we actually move on to the interviews. Uh, so my familiar is this movie. This is a movie that I remember my dad watching a lot on like on HBO and cable. Um, this was I remember not seeing the entire thing. Like, I know I have seen the entire thing at some point. Um, but it's a movie that I remember bits and pieces. There are very much set pieces in this movie that are um, kind of notorious. It's kind of like if you were like the Lord of the Rings movies, like the Peter Jackson ones. Uh, there's like a lot of set pieces in it, but there's also kind of a lot of just just kind of stuff that ties it together. That's not as interesting. This is definitely one of those movies. And the thing with this movie is that I mentioned that this was kind of known for its special effects. The special effects, like from a practical standpoint, are really impressive. There are some really technical, like there's some really smart use of green screening. And like, if you think about this as a 1981 movie, 
a lot of neat technical tricks in order to do the effects that are on motion or like you see on screen. This is not a movie that like higher definition does justice to because uh, unfortunately it makes kind of the what they do for the effects a lot more or a lot more apparent. And now, granted, this was originally in theater, so the three or 35 millimeter version of this movie would have been even more in depth. But I guess at the time, like it just wouldn't have mattered because, hey, this like getting this effect period is like really fascinating. Um, but in modern day with like especially how a lot of this stuff is well document <laughs> documented in various features, it's a little it's a little more transparent on what it's actually doing to achieve the effect. And the stop motion, while very neat from an artistic standpoint, looks very, I don't want to say hokey, but it looks kind of rough around the edges. Uh, the stop motion, like the actual like stop animation bits of it, move at like less than like maybe around 14 frames per second. Like it moves at half the speed of like the actual frame rate of the film. So it looks very herky-jerky. Which the only way you can kind of get around that is to just have more stills, stills of the stop motion models, which would be way too extensive for the practical effects that they're doing. So that's why I know they don't do it. But, you know, with how modern CGI and you can get like a really good looking 3D model, like if we're talking about like the actual fidelity of the models, it looks really weird and kind of cheap. But from a actual practical and them actually making a standpoint, it's really nice. Um, it is also as you know, Carvel alluded to, and I know that we're probably going to get into when they we discuss with them uh, about what they think about it. Um, one thing about this movie is that it is not to nearly the extent of Disney's Hercules. It is a much more toned down telling of Greek myth. Um, there are a lot of allusions to things that happen in Greek myth, especially with like Medusa. Um, it very much paints like, for example, the story of Medusa. Um, I, I won't go into exactly what the story of Medusa is, but needless to say, they frame it in this movie as like, oh, Medusa fell in love with Zeus or fell in love with. I forgot what God it was with, or like Poseidon. And like the God was mad that like they fell in love at the temple. Which that's absolutely not what happened in the original myth. It is a lot harsher in the original myth. But they just, I feel like they toned it down, not for trying to, like, they're, I think they were trying to get it so that it would fit into the PG rating already. Um, this movie actually pushes the PG rating quite a bit. Um, there's some non-sexualized nudity in it that it would definitely earn it probably R rating nowadays. Um, there's some pretty heavy violence. Uh, there are some decapitations and limb loss and all that. Uh, it's actually pretty intense for a PG movie. But then again, that's what the that's what PG was before, like like pre eighty five. Uh, it's definitely one of those. Yeah, if this if PG thirteen existed, it would at least be that. But um, yeah, it's still. I feel like they wanted to sanitize it or like. They want to not go into the abject horror that is what happens in mythology to still tell a story that is interesting. Um, it's a two hour long movie. I kind of feel it's a smidge too long, but I still feel like we were watching it. Things ha like things ha like we didn't it didn't feel long, but I do kind of feel like it could have been a little bit shorter. 
but at least it felt like it used a lot of the time. Uh, and yeah, this is I feel why it's a really good cable movie where it's like if you see bits and pieces, you can kind of get what's going on. Um, it also helps that it is a story that's pretty told quite a few times and it's a pretty known Greek myth. It's not like some obscure kind of Greek myth. It's a pretty Perseus, I feel, is probably one of the more um, well-known ones. Uh, and it covers some other things like uh, River Styx and like stuff like that. Um, yeah, I feel like it's a the action's pretty good. Um, it's just a, I think, a pretty good movie. Um, do I think it's great? Not really. Maybe from an artistic standpoint, I think it's great. But as a movie to watch, I feel like you could like, I feel it's a good movie to watch. Um, I think my my own personal rating, I probably am thinking the seven, eight range. Um, but we'll see whether or not that sticks like the river. Well, I don't even bother with the joke. Let's go ahead and get Torpo in here and see what his thoughts were on Clash of the Titans. Hello. Hi. So you had not seen this movie before, correct? I had not. I had heard of it. I, I knew of it. I'd seen tiny slivers of it, but I had never actually watched it. All right. So in your in case you going in blind, what were what's your just your kind of short gut reaction to what you thought about this movie? OK, so to preface this, I do feel the need to mention I was not doing great when we watched it. I was I'd been having a, ha a bad time and I was super tired, too, on top of that. So I, I'm going to be real and say a lot of this movie is kind of a haze to me. Uh, that said, um, but as simply as possible, I thought the story was kind of bland, but the uh, stop motion puppetry were far and away the, the selling point of the film. That is, yeah, I think that there's a reason why the stop motion part of it is like the thing that the movie is known for. It is it is a movie about Zeus being a shit heel and being rewarded for it, basically. Pretty much. Which is, there's a number of Greek myths that you could probably tell that that basically is that same exact thing, isn't it? I guess I'm actually not a Greek scholar, so I just know that Zeus. <laughs> I just know that Zeus the shit heel and kind of gets away with it a lot. Um, but yeah, um, what are like three things that you thought were notable? Like we mentioned, like the stop motion is like the an obvious one. Definitely uh, was was very very well done, very interesting. Um, I'm being attacked by my cat. Uh, otherwise, um, things that stuck out to me, not, as I said, the story itself, though, wasn't super captivating, if I wanted to say that. Uh, but otherwise, no, it's it's mostly the puppetry for me. Yeah, uh, I kind of mentioned that it, I don't know if sanitized is the right word, but it feels like they definitely wanted oh, to go for. it's definitely sanitized. It is, well, it's sanitized in that I don't think they wanted to go into the things that, that would get the movie a hard, like, not, well in R at that point. Yeah, it was just, it was a weird case of like, Zeus gets away with being a massive dick the whole way through, deliberately fucking over other people in blatant shows of favoritism, and it turns out for the best, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that, that is an accurate take on what happened in the movie. Um, so, I guess if that's, if that's what you got, um, so what what kind of number scale or what rating scale are we thinking for this movie? Uh, I need to think because I, I mean, as I said, it's a lot of it's kind of just where do we put Labyrinth? Uh, that is at a eight. 
I would definitely put it below that, but I, I, it's a similar kind of thing of like the craft is what's notable, not necessarily that the writing itself. So I, I would probably put it around, um, I guess, a nine or a ten. All right. And I might be being a bit generous, but like as I said, it's a bit fuzzy. All right. Well, I I guess with that, um, let's go ahead and see what Carnival has to think about this movie. So you had not. So you also had not seen, or you had seen. So you'd seen the newer remake of this movie, correct? Yes. Um. And you just kind of know this this one by um just by God, what the word was uh, just by mission of cultural osmosis and pretty like, much watching like other stuff that's done by the Harryhausen style with my dad so I knew so, the, where this was going yeah so what was your kind of your gut reaction to watching this movie cool cool effects. Honestly, the remake is pretty much a one-for-one remake, except with effects that are technically better, but less, like, impressive. Yeah. Like, it is the kind of thing that if you... You could do this movie from a quote-unquote more technically... Like, well, not competent, but more technically flashy way. But I also would lose a lot of the charm of it, because the stop-motion is the charm of this movie. Yes. Also, the remake is kind of goes for a bit of a grittier, gotta get that kind of grit and grime feel to it. And it's like, no, please, no. Why are you doing this? Yeah. Um. So if you could think of like or if you could think of like three things that you thought like you thought were notable about this one, what would what would they be? Rob, two, three. Uh, probably the first one is probably it was previously mentioned multiple times. Amazing stop motion work. Very interesting sets, and I'll say, in terms of attitude, pretty correct interpretation of how uh, the Greeks viewed their gods, if not in the details. Yeah, because I feel like, like, I know I mentioned, I know Torpo mentioned a little bit. I don't know, like, I was not wondering if, like, sanitize is a bit too harsh of a term, but it does definitely um, leave out some of the aspects of the Greek myth. Uh, but I, mean, I feel it- like... It gets rid of the things that any sort of thing that's going to touch on them is going to get rid of just because of like, no, we're not going to bring up the fact that Poseidon raped Medusa in Athena's temple and was victim blamed. They're not going to just bring that up in most modern stuff if that's aimed for the general audience that this movie was aimed for. Or yeah. if you just, hey, Zeus is kind of a is a terrible person by our standards. So just we're going to quietly sweep that under the rug because there's a lot of questioning to that's like, no, we're here to have a story. Let's go. Yeah, it's very much the hey, if we kind of elaborate more on this, we're already pushing the envelope on the PG rating as it is. The stuff that's already in the movie, let's not force it into an R. Um, But yeah, it is it, it gets the point across. And I feel like the stuff that's left out is stuff that is. You don't necessarily need it to like get you're not missing details per se of like the story of Perseus and how we dealt with crack or dealt with Kraken well, and like the story of Andromeda showed up, honestly. Well, it, it did, but it's not like the knowing the backstory of Medusa and like the more gritty, like the more horrific details of that story. The stuff they left out 
that's not going to affect right, the, right. the flow of the story. Sorry, I was like, no, wait, the Kraken, that's death. The Kraken's oh, the, Kraken def- the Kraken definitely shows up, even though it's not maybe for as much as you'd expect. No, no, no. Like, that's the thing is like, no, the Kraken is actually more of a Norse myth thing. Like, no, when Perseus gets the Medusa hit, he just becomes king because he stones the other person that was going to become king and just takes over. Like, that's it. You don't have this big crack and finish. Oh, yeah. I, I kind of mentioned it, but I'm not exactly a super, like, I'm not super well-versed in Greek myth. I know, like, the Spark Notes versions for a lot of it. But, yeah, some some of those details get a little bit lost. Um, But I guess if you're also one of those people that, like, you know the Spark Notes version of Greek myth, like, this is not going to, this kind of, doesn't clash i guess yeah if you know the stark spark notes you're gonna be fine like i'm a nerd who likes mythology so like there are some choices here that i'm more of just not like that they were like offensively bad it's just more of like questions of like why like the change from uh 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 our from our uh, athena's temple where medusa was formed into artemis i mean aphrodite's temple is one of those like it's not that it's a bad or like something that's it's just a choice that to me is like, why this doesn't add or take away of anything that's just arbitrary. It's kind of an unforced error in terms of research, I guess. Just like, guess, a, hey, they. Yeah, I, it's a, yeah, sure. I guess. Again, yeah, it's not bad or anything. It's just, huh, that's why I'd like to ask these people why they made these choices just as they get their perspective. Yeah. Um. Anything else that you thought was uh, notable about this? Uh, I already talked about the shots and location were nice. Uh, oh yeah, Caliban, Calibor was a another one of those things that's like I guess you need this to pad out the length because this was that was honestly I want to double check, but I'm fairly sure that was a thing that didn't exist and more like that was just felt like they were just taking Caliborn from Shakespeare's The Tempest play and throwing him in there just to kind of pad the length. Um, yeah, there it was very much like the the I imagine you're looking it up because I was wondering if this lists anything Um, that uh, Calabos was for like, um, I don't know if Acretius, uh, the person that what turned into Calabos, uh, Greek, Acretius was apparently an actual Greek character or like yeah. the Greek is the king of Argos and then. Yeah, who had that. Um, it was just one of those weird, like, things of just, this was a choice that doesn't necessarily make things bad or worse. It's just a, huh. Wait. Also, it's funny looking into this because the person... Wait. Oh, I guess I do want to oh, wait, 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 wait. Actually, okay, nope. This actually... Sorry, this Wikipedia article, or the, the not the, the Clash of the Titans wiki... Or wait, is this... Yeah, oh, I, is this... this yeah, this is okay. So it was going back. It was like, well, like, it went back way too far. <laughs> it's I was gonna, I was gonna okay. say, like, if you're going to actually look up for more of the accurate things on for like Greek myth, I would recommend the website theoi.com. That's theoi, T H E O I, which theoi is Greek for God, which is a very well sourced re- resource on getting the most accurate things available on Greek mythology and a classical understanding of the world without uh having to have degrees or access to library to university libraries 
Okay. Yeah, it actually, so what apparently they did was they took several aspects of, they or they took aspects of Accretius, combined it, or like, or like split it between Perseus's father, or Perseus's, like, or the wife, or not the wife, the husband of Perseus's mother, and... Split it to another character. And basically split it into another character, which I don't know why you do that, but I guess they did it. Like I said, see, th that's what I mean. There's choices here that don't make it worse, but I just have questions about why. Yeah. Oh, also, it's like it's combining because it's also apparently Clash of Titans changed some things, but it, it's weird. I I I, I just kind of as I said, I was like, well, I guess this, this is the character. That exists. I'm like, oh, apparently, I guess not. But no, oh there well. are a lot of stuff. It's just nothing bad. Just you have questions of why. Because yeah, it's great, because that character really doesn't serve a whole lot other than the fight with Calibos. The initial one is how he loses the helmet. And also it is a reason why. Actually, it's not even because they pissed off Thetis. The reason that um, the reason that like Andromeda gets sacrificed to the Kraken to begin with was just because they like you could have like. They did the classic move of. Oops, we compared something to the gods. Well, you're about to get screwed. That's the way it goes. Yeah, it, I guess they introduced that character to serve as a, like, as a way to get to that. But also it didn't really, unless they just really wanted to, like, they came up with the, or like, someone came up with the idea of the 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 look for Calibos. And I was like, well, that doesn't mean anything, but we have this thing that we want to use. So I guess they made, I don't know. like. I would ultimately I would describe this movie as nothing more than like another as a is it was a blockbuster of its time the same way any Marvel movie is a lot yeah. of flash but nothing super substantive it's it just that it's just that the the flash was stop motion which is something that's extremely interesting still to this day that and it's not as used as much as just and I mean no disrespect to the CGI artists who are beaten and brutalized by the industry. It's just that CGI is the thing that's the hot topic now and is what's most used. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I think with that. Um, so yeah, that's not all I have left to say. Yeah. Um, so what what number rating are you thinking for this? I mm, I had to think about this for a bit because it's like it's not a bad movie. I enjoyed it a lot, but I have to let me find the tab I had it open in. Because my instincts tell me around 9 or 10, just because it's like, I don't think it's bad, but it's not particularly good. Yeah, that that was like a thing that I also was like, you know, I actually, I didn't, is actually, I don't know what I'd put it. But um, yeah, so I feel, I think that that is going to be a common occurrence between uh, this group. Uh, but anyway, let's go ahead and... Let's see what Axe thinks about this movie. So what are so you also had not seen this movie, correct? Yes. Um, you, did you how familiar with like the this movie were you? Oh, well, I mean, I knew it existed and I know it was uh, very highly uh, regarded, but I never really never really got around to watching it. All right. So now that you have gone into this completely or you went into this completely relatively blind. 
Relatively. Um, I know some of the plot beats. It's Greek mythology, so. Yeah. What were your thoughts of Clash of the Titans, the 1981 version? Uh, I mean, wow. Wow. I mean, not a smart opening, but I it's it's hard to put into words. I uh, the best the best intro I can give it is that it's, you know, it lives up to its reputation and I can see exactly why people consider it a piece of classic media. Um, obviously, it takes some liberties with some, takes some liberties with what is already a mythological uh, series of stories. But it's also an interesting take on it. And it's also incredibly good looking for its time. Uh, even even though the effects seem dated now, you'd still look at them. You go, holy shit, they were able to pull that off back then. It's 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 one of those fascinating films that shows you all these cool ideas that uh, they'd come up with and how they you don't get to see how they but you kind of kind of it gives you something interesting to look at and leave you thinking how did they manage to pull that off where with something that we could just wipe wash away with uh, with um, CGI nowadays but back then you know there were some really interesting uh, stop motion sections and even though they were a little clunky they still you know worked within the context of their scenes the overall plot is very Greek mythology, uh, because it is Greek mythology. Uh, interestingly enough, though, uh, not a lot of Zeusing in in this particular story. Zeus doesn't really go full Zeus in this story, which is a little, you know, if I'm getting my Greek mythology, just let Zeus go Zeus. But anyway, um, the acting's really good. The uh, the lead playing Perseus did a fantastic job of it, and. Let's be honest, pretty damn attractive. Uh, so that's a point point in their favor. And just it's a very engaging and interesting adaptation of Greek mythology. And a lot of stuff they, they get right on point and some stuff they obviously took some liberties with. I believe it was mentioned that this is the first uh, the first time that Medusa was displayed as a serpentine like creature. I don't know if the snakes in the hair was it was I don't remember if the snakes in the hair was a part of the original mythos. But um, yeah, I mean, this is this is kind of one of those films that sort of sets that kind of tone for films to come, you know, giving giving rise to release the Kraken, which funnily enough in the movie is spoken very just plainly. There's no shouting. There's no bombacity. There's no, you know, exuberance behind it. It's just all right. At least the Kraken. It's such a standard line, and yet it became a thing. It became its own meme. Um, so much so that it was recreated, in a way, in uh, one of the Pirates of the Caribbean films, like two or three. And the Kraken, the Kraken fights, kind of a letdown. Because there's this build-up to this this creature, this terrifying being, and it looks the way it does. It's sort of like... It loses a lot of the punch that was coming up behind it and the legend behind it. Um, but even still, fantastic use of, I think it was, was it only stop motion or was that claymation? It was stop motion. Right. So it's a fantastic use of the medium. And even still today, I think it holds up fairly well. All right. Um, was there any, like, anything else you wanted to, like, specifically call out about this movie? Um, 
I do have to give it praise for, despite being, I think it's just shy of two hours long, it didn't feel like that. It didn't feel like it was two hours long. It had a really good concept of pacing that kept the movie going. And it was, I was, it was over just as quickly as it started, um, which is also good because, it, you know, it wasn't boring. And it wasn't too like it wasn't like another movie we watched where every scene is nothing but stress all the time. It was a nice balance in the middle of action, break, action, break. All right. Uh, anything, anything else? I mean, no, uh, this is a legendary film and there's a good reason why it is considered such. All right. Um, what is the ranking that you'd give? Uh, I would, I would say my, uh, ceiling is two floor is three. All right. Okay. So I guess with that, let's, uh, go ahead and get everyone together and, um, Let's uh, have a big old group, dis- or group discussion of what we all thought about this movie. Happy to so, have a goop discussion. That, yes, a very goopy discussion. So, let's go over the kind of a, some bullet point, or some of the more broader aspects of this movie before we actually go ahead and rank this. Storytelling. Um, you know, the characters' plot themes and all that. Um, so, it was brought up that this, or like, a number of us brought up the fact that this is Greek myth, but it was um, very, it's kind of either stuff was kind of created for this movie, or it was a sanitized tale take on what so already pre um, already like existing myth. For example, Calibos being a completely new creation for this movie. Um, and just kind of toning down, like specifically Medusa in particular, is not going to the background, like the more nitty gritty details of what, like, what happened there. Uh, also, like the entire purpose of the Kraken in general and Perseus, um, kind of uh, elaborates more than what is usually in Greek myth. But for the most part, it gets several plot beats down that are consistent with Greek myth. Um, for example, I don't think Pegasus in general even shows up in the story of Perseus now that I think about it, because uh, that was a that was a was that actually Perseus or was that Hercules? No, it's Perseus. Pegasus, Pegasus. Is, Pegasus is born from the blood of Medusa. OK, so OK, so I, I got that mixed. So that's also that'd be bad for Disney to get something right. Not this. But um, anyway, um, yeah, a little bit of elaboration with the stories and all that. Um, characters, for the most part, are pretty like they're pretty much Greek characters. Uh, the gods are pretty much like they're not shown to be that benevolent. They're kind of shown to be kind of dicks, which is they're all assholes, which is Petty little shits consistent with Greek myth. Again, it it gets the spirit across. Yeah, they're not as intense intensely shitty as they are in the actual mythos. They're a little, they're a little pulled back. Uh, they're still pretty shitty and very petty. Yeah. Right. Like, right. Hey, yeah. Basically ruining the lives of other people for their pissing contest. Pretty much. Yeah. And I was going to say, in the, in the entire like thing of why the Kraken needs to be dealt with is because someone made the mistake of, Hey, like 
She, my daughter is more beautiful than the goddess of the temple that we're in. Like that was which made is, for her. Which is like, come on. Like, yes, destroying the entire city is overkill and disproportionate, but it's also like, come that, on. Come that, on. That's... It's, a, it's, it's a top tier dingassery move. Yeah. Um, and overall, like the characters themselves, like like the like the mortals were just kind of like they just kind of fit like they fit the uh, they fit their points. They Perseus acted like what you'd imagine a Greek hero would be. Look, it, it, this is no fault of the movie's own. Like the story they've picked is not one that gives a bunch of like room for character. If all things considered, like if we were doing a 12 Labors of Hercules series, okay. We have some room there where we can sow some progression, but like Perseus is like, go in, do the job, done, I'm king now. Woo. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really have much else to say on it. Like, dialogue was fine. It just it seemed like it's a Greek myth movie. Uh not necessarily that in a bad way. It's just more that it's a Greek myth movie. If you see Greek like I don't feel it does anything like exemplary about that. It's a blockbuster. It's a summer. Well, I don't know if this was released during the summer, but it was a summer blockbuster movie with all the like flash and not so much of a substantive thing that we have today. Um, it was in fact June twelfth when this. So again, came out. summer blockbuster. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I guess uh, with that, uh, let's move on to the kind of the thing about this. Um, the thing that is notable about this movie, the aesthetic. Um, going on to more of the, I'd say the definitely the artistry behind it, um, but also like music and set design for that. Um, stop motion. I feel like that is a consistent thing. It looks a little weird now. Sometimes in some spots, it's high definition has not been kind to this movie, but um, it is still a fantastic piece of art. Yes, absolutely. Some of the best stop motion of its era, and like. Like, high definition being bad to it is not this movie's fault. That is just... No no one can expect to, like, oh, this format is going to, like, decrease some of the gauziness that helps cover up some of the things that just are an innate issue with the medium. I mean, there's only so much you can really do with older, older media. You can only bring it up so much before it starts to kind of fall back apart. But I, I second I second that. I said that in my my uh, bit, you know, the, uh, the special effects in this are unbelievably good uh, for its time. It's fascinating to watch and sort of theorize, you know, what exactly were the, the means and methods that they were they used to be able to get all these things on uh, screen. It's it's a it's a, it's really cool. Yeah, it also it also didn't help that I, I think the version of the Blu-ray that I got was a little bit of a not great mastering. Uh, there was definitely some scenes that uh, fared better than others. Like the uh, video that was playing on the green screen was a lot better quality in some scenes than it, uh, it is. Like the color grading in particular was not great, but that also yeah. probably is just the mastering job that I can't yeah. really blame the movie for. Yeah, there was a couple of scenes at the start where it looked like somebody had smeared Vaseline on the screen. I don't know how much of it was the original version, how much of it was just, you know, the the upscaling and uh, changes they made for the Blu-ray release. Uh, I think that one was more of a style choice of that era more than the upscaling. 
in spite of all that, it's still it was still very very good. Um, yeah, that that is definitely the most notable thing about this movie. Um, I guess if anyone doesn't have anything else, say we can go on to uh, this was something that kind of got brought up a little bit. Uh, the performances in this movie, the casting, the acting, and all that. Um, the cast in this movie is an interesting bunch. Um, no one, like, there is one very well-known actor in this movie. Or, like, there, I would guess there was, like, well, there's a couple, like, major, like, A-list actors in this movie. Um, Lawrence Olivier's Zeus, in particular. Um, even though, apparently, he was sick very much during the, uh, production of this movie, Lawrence Olivier's Zeus was pretty interesting, at least. You could definitely do worse as a Zeus. Um, also, Burgess Meredith, I completely forgot, was in this movie. Uh, as kind of Perseus's little advisor person, uh, Ammon. Uh, he was very much a Burgess Meredith character. Um, but also other actors, uh, Harry Hamlin as Perseus, did a pretty good job. Um, also a funny in hindsight Maggie Smith appearance uh, as the goddess Thetis. Uh, she does a good job being that kind of goddess character. Um, but others like Ursula Andress as Ap Aphrodite, which apparently she was like given like high billing. She has one line in this movie. I guess that's just what being Ursula's Andrew or Ursula Andress like. I guess that was just there for the namesake, even though she wasn't in that movie that much. Um, CM Phillips is a name that I recognize from also another. Actually, that's not. I I hate the thing that I keep on confusing it with Greek and Roman mythology, but she was also um, Cassiopeia, the person who actually causes this entire thing to happen uh, as Cass uh, she was also an Ike Claudius where she did a good job there um, but also that that's most of the names that I, at least I recognize from my familiarity with like old media um, everyone did a pretty competent job I don't think anyone did a bad job uh, in fact actually the character of speaking of the character of Calibos um, the actor who played it I believe um there was something about them doing like actually doing a good enough job at getting or like championing them to give Calibos lines because originally Calibos wasn't even going to have any lines to begin with. But Neil McCarthy did uh, apparently a really good job for a character that they weren't even originally going to have him have a uh, dialogue. And uh, yeah, um, I don't think there's really any anyone have any comments on. Uh, not really. Carpet. Not particular. The most notable thing about this was the stop motion puppetry, and that's about yeah. And we've kind of gone over the competency of like the editing. Uh, this movie is two hours, like kind of mentioned, it is two hours long. Um, I feel like you could probably get rid of a little bit, but for the most part, it didn't feel that bad. It's not like a very draining two and a half or two hour movie, uh, because you can definitely get that. Um, yeah, like there's only about a little bit you could probably cut to speed it up, but otherwise it's well paced. Yeah, I thought so too. Not a lot of uh, cruff in it. It's just, you know, what what little might not really be best in there is still kind of like, eh, leave it in. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but that's pretty much this movie. I guess it is just like, hey, it is a Greek myth movie. There you go. That's some bits glossed over a little bit, and some facts change. Yeah, and good stop motion. It's very a good, good stop, stop motion. motion. Yeah, a good watch if you have nothing else to do. Yep, and it was the last movie that Ray Harryhausen had done. 
Um, and it was a pretty good send-off for that. Also, um, I brought off in their review, but uh, this was the first... Um, not necessarily the first case of Medusa snakes, apparently, but it was one of the first cases of Medusa overall as a serpentine being, which is a very popular portrayal well, of Medusa. It's the defining portrayal. That's really all you see anymore whenever Medusa is brought up is a serpentine with snakes for hair. Well, the snakes for hair is definitely... Snakes for hair is apparently old. Yes, snakes for hair is in the original transcription of trans transformation of Medusa. It's more of the whole doesn't have legs, has scales all over. That's the more thing that this movie has helped popularize as an image. Because again, originally Medusa had wings as well and could fly, so... Yeah. Um, also, apparently, uh, there was apparently whoever like the people were doing the um, I only mentioned this because I was looking up Calabos and I'm seeing some interesting pictures uh, that remind me of something that I saw that uh, apparently I forgot what the studio that did this. But the people who were behind Clash of Titans wanted this to be like a thing to uh, um, compete with Star Wars. <laughs> uh, and like produced a line of action figures because like the Kenner Star Wars action figures were such high sellers that they want there was like a Perseus and like a number of the people there. The Calvos one looks kind of horrifying. Uh, those, those just, yep, yep, try to compete with Star Wars and merchandising. Ah, uh, fool's gambit. Yeah. All this was that this was the 80s, so who knows what that was. But um, still, then I I bet you this movie did amazing at the box office. Uh, the budget was 15 million. Uh, gross worldwide was 40 million. So it definitely made its back its money more so. Um, so this was definitely a very successful movie. But uh, I think with that, I think we're actually ready to rank this movie. So we're going to rank this no more new doing our normal one to 21 scale with one being absolute mastercraft can not very easy to improve it at all um, to 21, which is pretty terrible and not even fun, ironically, to watch. So uh, for the most part, we all kind of had I'm going to have to do some averaging here. Um, so let me actually go ahead and average this. Um, so just to go ahead and say what the scales are. Um, Torpo, actually, Torpo and Carnival, you had both the same rating. You both said nine to ten. Um, nice. Axe, you said two to three. What? I said I seven liked it to a eight. Lot. Uh, so let's go ahead and average that real quick and see where we think this works. Okay, calculator. I opened it three times. Okay, 7.5 plus 9.5 plus 9.5 plus 2.5. Is that divide that by four? And you get. I messed that up. Oh, I put, oh, I put 75. That's why. You know what? Screw this. Uh, let's start at six. Um, actually, let's start at five because there we have some. We have the first blockbuster. Actually, if we're going to compare other blockbusters to this, five we have Jaws, but also we have things like Adventure of Moomin Valley, the first season of Game Center CX, Starcade, the Bugs Bunny Run, Roadrunner movie, uh, and The Running Man. Uh, I would watch a majority of those over this. Yeah, like, hmm. I I even think Jaws is, hmm, Jaws is a hard one to compare this to because it's the most, it's the one that is the best comparison in this section because Jaws is the starter of the blockbuster. Yeah, also, I'm looking up at four. That is definitely a hard 
it is not getting above four. I, I, feel I will like... say this. I like the characters of Jaws significantly more than this movie's. It mm. was true. Jaws is also two and a half hours long. It's yeah, two, two and a half hours one, long, unfortunately. That one. God, it's also that one because that one actually has Cruft in it. But I feel like the things that are interesting in that movie are more interesting than the stuff that's in this. Outside, like the special effects. I think the story in Jaws is like what it is interesting is interesting. Yes, that it, it, it is an interest. It is a definitely con- like but I would probably watch Clash of Titans over Jaws, but that's a taste thing at this point where I think. But then again, that's it, also one of the movies that's in five, because I'm also looking at the Running Man and Running Man. Absolutely. I'd watch over oh, Clash yeah. of Titans. Yeah, yeah, I would put Running Man over Clash of Titans, but I'd also put it over Jaws. And to be honest, I would rather watch Clash of the Titans than Jaws, because Jaws, unfortunately, drags throughout most of the film it has some interesting bits but they're not as much or as long as the parts where it's just like you didn't need this you could have cut this down Whereas i I don't feel like there's any of those moments in clash of the titans i still say this is way too high for clash of the titans though anything if anything actually i think this is a more of an argument to push down jaws than it is to push up clash of titans Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, six is not. That's going to be. That's. Unfortunately, I would. Six, we have Mappy and Space Cobra, which are not good comparisons at all. Oh. Uh, let's move down to seven then. Uh, Mortal Kombat. God. The only movie. Really, oh, we October. have Humphrey October and Mortal Kombat. That's a tough one because Mortal Kombat's very entertaining, whereas Clash of the Titans, I wouldn't say it's entertaining, but more of a. Uh, a fascination, a, a, an iconic film worth watching at least once where yeah, I could kind of I could I throw on Mortal Kombat as like some popcorn garbage that, you know, if I want some background noise, this is I would definitely watch Mortal Kombat over this. This is so the problem that I have with this movie is the fact that it is simultaneously two things at once. It is an interesting art concept of how to actually pull off like the thing. Like, you have Clash of the Titans the as an art form, but also Clash of the Titans as a movie, because the art form bit of it of Clash of the Titans is fascinating. The story bit of Clash of the Titans is not. Um, it is just a, like, it is simultaneously something that is, like, almost two separate ratings at once. You have, like, the art bit of it and the story bit of it, which are almost, like, in running simultaneously. Uh, if that makes sense, at least to me. Um, no, I, which I makes it a little saying. bit. I, I can agree. I would argue it's the same issue Labyrinth had, actually. Actually, so that's the thing I was going to bring up if we went down Labyrinth. This has the pro- same exact problem as Labyrinth. Um, I would actually, because here's the thing with Labyrinth versus this movie. God, the thing with Labyrinth is that I, I don't know if I'd say that the the artistry of Labyrinth is actually better than the artistry of this. Um, but I do will say I prefer the story of Clash of the Titans versus the story in Labyrinth. That's also probably just a me thing. So I would say this. The puppetry in uh, Labyrinth has aged significantly better. It has. That yeah. is actually one thing I would. That is one thing about Labyrinth. To the effect Labyrinth, like it's somewhat off-putting sometimes. But from an actual it still holds up aspect labyrinth absolutely blows clash of the titans away um well 
well, let's 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 go up a bit for a quick second here. Let's look at it versus Hunt for Red October. They're both close to the same length, and they both have, uh, well, no, my brain is not functioning. They're both around the same length, but one handles its time better than the other. I don't think I could say I would watch Hunt for Red October over Clash of the Titans. Red October's good, and it's got some good performances, but the story is kind of weak. It goes on for way too long, and there's a lot of space with nothing happening. So that could also be an argument to drop the Red Hunt for Red October. Except I also found the characters in the Hunt for Red October more compelling, at the very least. That mm-hmm. that also is my thing with Red, Hunt for Red October. There is definitely parts of Red October that drag. But if we're going to like, if we are like, if you were to map my interest in this movie versus like the storyline of this movie versus the storyline of Red October, I feel like the thing with Clash of the Titans, it is a very consistent, but it's kind of a consistent kind of eh. It's not bad, but it's definitely like more of the, yeah, I can kind of get it. Whereas Hunt for October, it definitely has its lows, but it also has its highs. I feel like the higher bits of Red October are a little bit more like I feel I actually like the story for Hunt Hunt for Red October is more compelling than the story in Clash of the Titans Um, Mm -hmm. because there's a little bit more of a I don't want to say uniqueness, but there is something it's there. There's like, I don't know. There's just something about it that I find a little bit more. I find the if you average the highs and the lows, I still feel like it would end up a little bit higher than Clash of the Titans for me. Well, I mean, if we're going to knock it down into eight, uh, I'm going to say knock it down to nine because I would watch Sweet Home over this any day. Yeah, well, yeah, because the thing. Well, so that was so we went my for- personal reason for choosing nine and ten specifically is because I would rather watch Labyrinth over this. But that's mm-hmm. about the extent of it. Yeah, because also because here's the thing is I I'm looking at seven or eight. I feel like if we look at seven, eight, and nine, I don't feel like it's quite ten. Because let's let's go actually look at this from the other angle. Let's look at the floor. Um, at ten, we have Nickelodeon Guts, Scott Pilgrim's vs. the World, the Wizardry OVA, and the Jarjo's Bizarre Adventure OVA. I do kind of feel like this is higher than those, especially Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, and also Nickelodeon Guts. Jojo's is a little bit weird, but also namely Jojo's. That OVA is basically you watch the deal fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so that puts it in. I do believe this goes in the blue. Now, whether it's nine, I don't know because if we look at the stuff that we have in nine, we have Tron Tokyo. Okay, let's let me actually start from the top. Ferngully, Flash Gordon, uh, Gogo Thirteen, Car- Carlisle No Yabu. Uh, the first season of Mega Man, Phenomena, Space Earth, Sonic Adventure OVA, Sukuban Deca 1, Hearts of Dark Water, so- Tokyo Shirei, Soul Brain, Tron, and East 2. God, fuck Tron. I, I, I kind of feel like this movie's better than the stuff that's in 9. I disagree, but I would definitely watch this over Tron. I, like I said, this is like, I feel like it's generally okay. a solid 9 to be complete. Okay, Lolo, my question to you. This or Flash Gordon? Flash Gordon. Uh, so here's the problem is that Flash Gordon does have some parts where it 
God, it's the same. It's almost the same thing as Hunt for October, but I feel like Flash Gordon just utterly drops some shit. Like, it also, is a... good. Uh, you're right next to it. Uh, your episode number for Golgo 13 is R517. Uh, Retro Rank Rhapsody 515. Because that is actually one we did in Retro Rank Rhapsody because that had no gameplay in it. Oh, right. Never mind. Uh, that is not yeah. Golgo 13 the Professional. Um, yeah, this was tough for me because, I mean, I understand Phenomena being at nine because it does have some really low moments and it's a bizarre film. Um, but I'm I'm such an Argento bias fan, so I, I couldn't I couldn't say that I would watch uh, Clash of the Titans over Phenomena or Pirates of Dark Water or Fern Gully for that matter. Um. But I don't necessarily think it belongs in 10. Um, I think it's still better than the, the ones of that that I have seen. I'd say just leave it at 9. Yeah, I I think in that case, then I think we should probably just keep it at 9. Which is good. It's a good movie. It's just, it's a good movie. The single largest category of them all, 9. Yeah, it is slightly, it is the lower end of good. Which isn't bad. Because, yeah, no, I, I definitely wouldn't. Upon reflection, I would definitely not say, like, put it in 10, but I think 9 is a solid place for it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the the, the beast must grow. Um. All right. Uh, content wise, I've. It's really surprisingly gory. I also include nudity as well, just as another warning. So I was actually Herbs. thinking. I was actually thinking about that. And part of me is wondering because all the nudity in this movie is non sexualized. Whereas Very tasteful. It's just nudity. Yes, I would just still say putting it as a warning for just if someone's going to put this, if someone's listening to that this is and just wants to put on. Titty. That is true, because also, like, I think oh. I actually mentioned in my thing where it is the, oh, that's right, PG meant something different in the 80s. Yes, yep. like, like I always say. Go ahead. No, go ahead. It's, just, it's not that I, I did don't disagree with the whole like this isn't super like sexualized it's just a hey it's there heads up, it's there just to give you a warning so you don't get surprised oh yeah. oh oh no a titty oh titties like i said it's not a big Boobies. deal but it's just doing due diligence yeah nah, it, it checks out yeah yeah in that case then yeah i guess it is again i i find 80s pg fascinating uh anyway Anything we want to call out in music, charm, cinematography, storytelling, action, art. Art. Absolutely phenomenal. Art has to be it. I would also argue charm. Yes. Um, Music, it wasn't bad. I barely remember it. I don't remember it at all. Storytelling is not bad, but it's cinematography. Um, Cinematography also, I'd probably give the thumbs up because you need the cinematography to get the stop motion to work, right? Yeah. Uh, and the action wasn't bad, but it also, like, Funny the Hellhound fight was a little weird. Yeah, and it was missing. Was it supposed to be Cerberus? Uh, I don't think it was necessarily supposed to be Cerberus. Uh, so the whole thing with that, why it only had two heads, was because Ray Harryhausen said, screw that, I'm not making a third head, that is way too much work. Right. Yeah, it would have been too much work, so, like, no, understandable. Yeah. Um... I think I might just leave that blank. Um, anything for yay or nay? I can't really think of much. Um, because... Maybe the length, abundant love. 
Yeah, yeah. If you're, going to do, if you're going to do stop motion on any level of that, it's going to be made with abundant love. This is true, but I guess whenever, whenever I do Wallace and Gromit, I can put that there. Uh, God, there has to have been a Wallace and Gromit game. Uh, I'm pretty sure there was. Is there one based on Chicken Run? I think there's a Game Boy Color game based on Chicken Run. Now that I think about it, yeah, Chicken Ah. Run had a game. Uh, I see. God. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, Wallace and Gromit: The Curse of the Were Rabbit did have a release on uh, the Xbox. Perfect. Also, I just the thing I remember about Chicken Run is having to do a story or having to do an essay in seventh grade about comparing Chicken Run. I feel like every. Every kid, uh, per kid who was in like middle school when that movie came out had to do an essay comparing that movie and the Holocaust themes in that movie. But yes, anything else? Oh, it's a good movie. Not that I can think of. Yeah, nope. it it is a good movie. Very good. Yeah. Uh, so uh, with that, before we head out, let's uh, uh, Alex, you want to plug something? Yes, the Autistic Self Advocacy Network. And uh, your local SPCA or animal shelter, please adopt. Don't shop. All right. Carnival? Your local bail or mutual aid fund. And Torbo? Twitch.tv slash Torpotypist and at Torpotypist on Twitter, and I'm too lazy for a bit today. All right. Uh, so next up, uh, I held what could have been the fastest poll to fill up uh, in the history of me doing the polls. Uh, which meant that uh, I have for you what we are going to do next. Um, next up is going to be a two-parter. I'm already probably going to say that it is going to be a two-parter. Uh, that is, we are heading into a very large franchise that is still actively getting new series in it. Uh, it is time for us to go... Actually, Ted, I'm... I would say this is, well, no, actually, I was going to say we'd go in Toku proper, but this is not, we already did, Metal Heroes is still Toku proper, but yeah. uh, we're heading into Kamen Rider land, uh, and we are going to start our look at Kamen Rider Black, which is one of the more notorious uh, se- or series, I believe, from what I gather, uh, and it is uh, going to be a trip, because I've already seen a little bit of it, and it looks interesting to say the least um so i guess with that thank you all for listening if you would like to see the list in which we have ranked every single thing we've done for media delta you can go to r3.ldp.life in your browser if you'd like to watch the sister show that determines what could show up on media delta that's retro rank rhapsody you can watch it live on twitch at twitch.tv slash lolo or on youtube at youtube.ldp.life if you would like to discuss this episode with others, please join our Discord server by going to discord.ldp.life in your browser, which should give you a link. Thank you again for listening. <laughs>